Hello, welcome to another episode of the Horror Vision Horror Podcast. I'm Sean. I'm Missy. And I am Arthritic Anthony. And today we're going to be t- talking about handling the dead or the undead, as it were. So I don't know if people have been listening to the news, but the unburied dead and some of the buried dead have been returning to life and seeking human victims. It's hard for us to believe what we're reporting here today, but it does indeed seem to be a fact. So I think it's time for you to turn around and bash the brains in of the person next to you. Just bash them into a fine, mushy green paste. Eat them, perhaps on a cracker. Water crackers are good with gooey brain paste. And, um, you know, live out the rest of your life just on this island earth. Okay. Good night and Godspeed. Hail Britannia. You're nasty. (laughs) That was like, that was part Night of the Living Dead, part The Simpsons, and part, I don't know, I don't know what. Um, Now, so it's Kuru. You catch Kuru like that. It's it's zombie night, and I guess I never really thought we would do a zombie night because I'm not a huge zombie movie fan. Uh, I mean, you know, obviously the first three Romero movies are near and dear to my heart. Children Shouldn't Play With Dead Things, and a handful of others, and really about it. I think it's one of the most oversaturated, overdone genres of all time. But there are gems, folks, and we are going to give you a couple... I mean, these gems, like when you, when if you pull this gem out of a bag, they say motherfucking gem on them in gem in, <laughs> rhinestone, in rhinestone. That's how good these are. I don't know what I'm talking about. I've been up since four. Anyway, guys, <laughs> how are you? How you doing? Good. How are you? Solid fucking gold. Solid fucking gold. It's Thursday, uh, September 14th. I want to just pimp this for the listeners right now. Um, this will drop. If you're listening to this, it's either Monday, September 18th or after. And I just want to point out right around the same time, the new episode of John Trafton and Miles Fortune's podcast, This Movie Saved My Life, will be dropping. And I'm on it. They invited me and we talked about uh, 1998's Fallen with Denzel Washington. It was a uh, Pretty cool episode. So I keep telling people to check out their podcast. This movie saved my life. And now, but you know, like what anybody needs is more me, right? Yeah. But, you know, I'm on it. And we talk about a cool movie and, and just in general, you know, so it was a good time. So that'll be up. So check that podcast out. But guys, oh man, we got, we got a couple. And I think, Anthony, can you start us off with just... It's like, as your attorney, I advise you to take a hit out of the uh, little b- glass vial in my shaving kit, because this is pure adrenochrome, <laughs> man. <laughs> Talk to us. What movie are we starting with? We are starting with 2009's La Horde. La Horde. La Horde. La Horde. Better known as The Horde. The Horde. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's came out in 2009, like I said, uh, co-directed by Yannick Dachan and Benjamin Rocher. Um, I caught wind of this flick. Uh, I mean, we were paying attention to all the, this, this was, you know, the time of, well, towards the end of like, say, um, 
MySpace. So, you know, we're following Arrow with Arrow in the Head and all these other, you know, various news sites that were giving us horror stuff. And, you know, I always like a good zombie flick. And IFC got a hold of this one um, out of France. And they, you know, I started checking out what's coming out. And IFC, they have these two cool zombie flicks coming out relatively same time. There was Mutants and there was this one. And I remember seeing Mutants and it was just a fucking bore. And it was so sad because I was looking forward to it and the trailer really hyped it up. This one, the trailer was kind of like full blast, full of adrenaline, full of, you know, fast moving zombies and, and chaos. And I was like, this looks more up my alley. I um, am able to get a, a copy of this, which is odd because when it was released here in the States, um, IFC didn't end up releasing a Blu-ray for it, just the DVD. But I... I believe, you know, I don't want to say Alliance, but it, it's somebody released it in Canada and I imported it. I brought it home. I put it on and was just immediately pummeled by this fucking movie. It is very fast paced. It is very fucking violent, very gory. I was like, this is the kind of shit that I want to see. This is like, this is 28 days later amped up and in an isolated setting to where there's, there's, you know, there's, there's nowhere to run. Um, so kind of think, uh, think wreck set in a tower block building or like an abandoned tower block building in Paris and the chaos just begins. And it doesn't start off as like a, you know, uh, a straightforward zombie movie. It's uh, it actually starts off as a, a, a revenge flick where uh, a police officer was was executed by you know a local gang and several of these uh officers from the same group decide that they're going to go into this building a la judge dread or the raid and you know punch their way up you know floor after floor get to the bad guy take him out and you know be done with him and get their revenge for their fallen comrade not what this fucking movie is about at all so you that's <laughs> like literally that's that's the first couple of moments of the movie and it's sure yeah you know uh, revenge for a fallen comrade is a great great idea I, I i would avenge any of you just for the record so if any of you I, i'm not not anticipating any of you to fall in combat you know i do have a couple local gangsters that want me dead so just just <laughs> well, saying give me a list and if something happens you know i'll, I'll punch their fucking ticket anyway uh to get into it just for just a moment and then we're going to jump into the to the uh the film you know all of all three of us uh are we going to go full spoilers tonight you know honestly uh i don't want to go full full spoilers but i think we can talk that fuck out of this movie without without going okay. full spoilers. you know what i mean like so aside yeah. from really the obvious spoiler being the way it ends i think anything's game because yeah okay i mean and looking looking at the thumbnail you know automatically this is a zombie film you don't know what kind of zombie film you're getting into, though. And, um, yeah, so these guys, they go in. They they, they do what they got to do. They, they, they band together. They, they go to the tower block. And shit starts to go awry pretty much immediately. Um, and, goddamn, we meet some very, very interesting characters along the way. The uh, team that go in, we have... Uh, 
Aror Wasim, Wasim, I can't really pronounce his name, forgive me. Um, I'm not sure how to pronounce all these names. Uh, and we meet some more, some more characters. But anyway, long story short, this is just about these guys going in to get their revenge. And a zombie apocalypse begins, like pretty much almost immediately. And they, these guys end up finding themselves having to band together with the criminals in the building that they, you know, go in to hunt down. And it is just a balls out, um, crazy survival, horror survival, uh, you know, type of story that you've seen a thousand times before. But I think not of this kind of magnitude, especially with this kind of like action and fast paced, you know, uh, again, chaos being thrown at you. It, it is fucking mayhem and it is beautiful when it is phallically slapping you in the face. It is fucking outstanding. Uh, guys, let's uh, let's jump into this film, please. Begin. Missy, what did you think? What did you think of um, La I thought it was fucking awesome. Um, it it didn't. It took me a little bit to get into it. Um, like the opening with the cops didn't grab me immediately. But as as soon as we get to as soon as we get to zombies, which happens, I don't know, fifteen minutes in, um, then I was in. It. I like that the whole thing takes place in the uh, the big apartment building. Um, so so it's got that that really anxious siege thing going on, um, and I really liked the way the like the camera moves down the hallways with them and whatnot. And the the way it shot and th there's one scene in particular, but the the way it shot, it makes you feel really anxious and claustrophobic, um, which. Which, I mean, which gets under my skin. Which automatic. I mean, if it gets under my skin, I usually think it's fucking awesome, because there aren't that many movies that get under our skin. We just, <laughs> we're all, we're all jaded. But this played up on the claustrophobia, and you're trapped and surrounded really, really, really well, and I love it. How about you, Sean? What did you think of La Horde? So, which one was Hordak? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> man, you know, this is one of those where, like, you mentioned it, and you had, I know you had mentioned it before, and I, it, it, like, there's a, you know, there's an enormous list that's like a ticker tape, you know, in my head. <laughs> right. And, when you mentioned it recently, I was like, oh, you know, I'll, I'll watch that because I know you've mentioned it before. And it went from being one of those that I, you know, I figured we'd just talk about in the round robin to like, let's build the episode around this fucker. <laughs> I watched I watched it last Saturday at a double feature. We're going to talk about the second movie next, but I didn't know what to expect. The thumbnail for this episode that you're listening to, I'm going to use, is going to be one of the versions of the thumbnail of this movie. And it, you can clearly see like it's people surrounded by zombies, like shooting and you know, whatever. And I mean, that's not, that's an image. That's a typical zombie movie cover image that doesn't necessarily happen in the movie. <laughs> in this fucking movie, that fucking scene happens. Um, <laughs> reminiscent of 28 weeks later, the C sequence 
which I still think is one of the scariest things I've ever seen where Imogen Poots and the other kid are like pushed with this crowd into this underground parking garage that's in, like locked off and they're like standing on a car trying to get away from the swarm of people. But in this case, it's like one man standing on top of a car surrounded by a fucking sea of three, 360 degrees of zombies. And <laughs> that was... That claustrophobia that you mentioned, Missy, which is there through the whole movie, that was like the pinnacle of that uh-huh. right there. I mean, yeah. and you're you're just looking at this and you're like, this motherfucker knows he is not like you are dead. Not only are you dead, you're gonna die a terrible death. And so he just and he was uses still it. Trying to, he's still it, trying to take as many of them with him as he can. So fucking awesome. But even like the whole setup with the cop thing, like I know what you mean. Where like it's not that it didn't grab me right away, but I didn't. They don't give you the lay of the land. You don't even know they're cops. So you don't know. Right. It, it starts with this abstraction of like the guy dead and the guy standing over him or whatever. Then it goes to this funeral. Then it, you get Wassum talking to the mom, I think. And then the other guy, I'm like, be sure you bring them all back. And so then I'm thinking, okay, so he's going to have to fight to bring them all back. And then they go on the raid and you realize fairly quickly that they're police. And that's like, oh, that's weird. So they're operating outside of you know, police being police. This is like mm-hmm. a, a, you know, secret revenge squad, uh, not authorized, obviously, by law enforcement. And then I'm getting serious Judge Dread vibes, right? Because, like Anthony said, you know, this fucking tower block uh, apartment complex, and they're going to work their way up. And that when they get there, and like before they even get in the gangster's door, everything about their plan goes completely wrong and like to the point where like you i mean i was just like i can't even believe that this is the way that this movie's like like holy shit and then to the point where and this is this is the crux right this is what i thought made it's this is what lights the fuse of the rest of the movie so not only they're they there to revenge a fallen comrade that was executed by one of these motherfuckers. They execute another one of them right in fucking front of them and then immediately have to be allies with them, like within moments. And that was the one thing where I was like, wait a minute, because you start to see the explosions and you, and I'm like, wait, so we're just supposed to believe that, but they, they did it good. Like they did. I didn't feel like it was like, boom, zombie apocalypse. Like, you know, like on a dime, like they did actually kind of, it felt natural the way it rolls to them from the, because you're looking at at one point they're standing on the roof, watching the city in the distance and you're seeing these explosions. So obviously shit was percolating and then rolled, you know, down to them where they are. But from, man, from that execution in that apartment building. It's interesting though, how they're none the wiser. Like they have no fucking idea really what's going on out there other than just like, we're just doing up here, doing our gangster shit, you know? Yeah. There's never a scene uh, where they're like on the phone or on the internet or watching a TV. It's just like, it's go time right away. Like they figure it out and they go. Like most movies, you know, you hear, you catch it, you know, on the radio and the CDC have a warning about, you know, it's (laughs) something odd like that. And, you know, they, they nonchalantly turn it off. I don't have time for that. I want to hear this. You know, it's it's not like that at all. It just fucking hits. And again, the impact of it is just fuck, man. So uh, these guys, you know, they're obviously the, the 
the zombies in this film, they're drawn to, you know, sound and, you know, obviously sight and sound. If they can see you, they want you. They want to fucking eat, eat you. And, um, you know, all the gunfire and stuff like that, it's just drawing them in. So everything, you know, from the surrounding areas are starting to kind of slowly swarm the tower block and they're getting in. But before that even happens, one of the guys that they have, uh, somebody, so, was it a rival gang member or somebody they had? Uh, somebody no, tied the up CI. In the, bathroom with the confidential yeah, the informant. So they got this guy, you know, tied up and you know with a with a black plastic bag over his head, and they, you know, they they, they he's obviously wounded. He looks mortally wounded, like he's going to go out any moment. And then this dude, um, he, they just hear chaos happening in the bathroom where they've got him, you know, because I think they got him on the shitter or something like that. Yeah, the door yeah. flies open. The guy they sent in there is being fucking ripped apart, and this thing is up. It's like all of a sudden hulking. The the cool effect they have on it is, you know, the bottom of the mask is ripped open. Yeah. So, you know, you see the gaping maw mm-hmm. and it's, you know, it's it's zombified and it just it's crazy. So this is your first taste of the zombies. They all, you know, the, the gangsters and, <laughs> and the fucking uh, the cops all turn around with their guns and kind of light it up and, and shoot it, which seems like it, for an eternity, <laughs> it doesn't go down. That scene is like completely over the top. But the first thing you, you realize is, yeah, you can probably get infected by bites. This guy hasn't been bitten. This shit is airborne. Yeah. Like, that's the first thing I got from him. I was like, cool, this shit is airborne. Anybody can fucking get it at any given point. And on top of that, obviously, you know, being bitten, which is the majority of the, how the majority of the folks in the, the, uh, the, the film get it there, you know, just like any other movie, any other zombie film, it's transmitted that way. But that's kind of like the first setup and you're like, holy fuck, there is an army of these motherfuckers teaming outside this building. There's a scene later when they kind of make it a little further down where you see they kind of chained off the front doors and you you can see like the seething mass yeah. of zombies behind it. And they're all drenched in blood from head to toe. They got so many fucking extras for this. That's another thing I loved about it. Is they, they, I don't know how they, they did the all call for that, but they just, they got a ton of fucking extras. Hey, you want to be a zombie in a movie? And hundreds of fucking people showed up to do this thing. There are so many fucking zombies. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Like Sean said earlier in, in the thumbnail, you see the guy, you know, surrounded. This kind of stuff happens in the movie in in the most insane places and there's so fucking many of them it's just this completely hopeless situation it's fucking bonkers fucking bonkers please somebody take this fucking microphone away from me i don't actually have a microphone (laughs) listeners i'm broke no i'm kidding i have a microphone but please you guys jump in um the the one thing i had a hard time with was how and like it's fine that the zombie was abrupt. I like I love the scene with the with the CI who changes with the bag on his face. But like there was no warning at all and then and the cops aren't there that long for it to have spread that quickly and yeah. suddenly there are like hundreds of zombies. And while I love those shots, especially like the scene we were talking about with the guy in the car and the wall to wall to wall zombies, that's like probably my favorite scene in the movie. But 
they're sudden like how long are they there an hour and suddenly they're i mean if that i i feel like i'm pushing it saying that they were there for an hour with this whole braid thing and then suddenly there are hundreds of zombies and like there's they don't tell you anything <laughs> anything about where they came from um i didn't even think of the idea that it is probably airborne that makes it sit a little better actually but it it just it was a little disconcerting. I mean, it's not a big deal. I love the scenes with the wall to wall zombies, so it's fine. But it does seem a little bit like a shortcoming. However, because I did feel that too. Like I said, where you're like, wait a minute, like I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I'm trying to remember if there's any indication earlier in the funeral scene or anything like that, where there was something in the background, you know, I, I not like a broadcast, but like a person or something. I don't remember. Mm -hmm. I don't think there was. I but didn't, I don't they, recall seeing anything like that. They either. make up for it by just, yeah. you know what I mean? Like the rest of the, like if they had had slow down moments, I feel like it would have toppled for me, mm -hmm. but because it just starts and doesn't stop and just revs, you know, I mean, it literally just keeps picking up speed. So I think that's what ultimately makes it okay because people will see this, and it does. It does kind of happen like a bit suddenly, but it's but it's fine. It's fine, and also <laughs> to which I think that was strategic. I don't think that was an oversight. I think that was strategic okay. because I think they needed everything to happen exactly as it happened, and so. I think it was probably like, this is going to feel a little bit like rushed, but it's going to be for the best anyway, for the pace of the movie. So I think if they mm -hmm. had done something like introduced it a little earlier or, or added a little something, whatever, to maybe like elongate that timeline to make it seem mm -hmm. not so rushed, I think it might have actually impeded the pacing, which is the movie is just all about the fucking pacing it because uh -huh. it just... You know, oh man. Yeah, it hits the ground running and doesn't let up. Yeah. Such great care. And all the characters are terrible people for the most part. Like But they're, they're interesting. But they're interesting. <laughs> the gangsters are great. Um, I don't know if they're all terrible people, but but like they're so this the there's like at one point most they of them are terrible people. Most of them. They they at one point they come across this old French guy. Who's got like what? He's got an axe and he's just like chopping up the fucking zombies yeah. in the hallway or whatever. And then he becomes part of their group. But there was a moment I mentioned Anthony the other day. I'm like, there was a moment where I was like, oh, I uh, please don't go where we're. Yeah, there's and then a it scene didn't. that's very. Yeah, I'm glad it didn't. It it it, it was icky. It was, it, it was, there were two parts to it. The, 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 the first part, and I was kind of like, I'm actually surprised I've never seen this before. Where like the guy kind of, I think it was, I forget it was him or the other guy kind of, you get the intimation they're going to try to fuck one of the zombies. And I was like, I'm actually kind of surprised right. that I've never seen that before. So it's kind of an interesting, that wasn't it. But then after that, there was something where I was like, oh, let's not go there. And they didn't. So I was happy. So that was good. But that that old guy was nuts. <laughs> was yeah, he was crazy. super nuts. Now I love the lead gangster guy. Yeah, he's great. His name I can't remember. Um, and he's incredible in that scene you're just talking about because it's kind of interesting that 
I mean, most of these people are pretty bad people, and he's the like this head drug lord and you know killing people, but he's disgusted by what they want to do. Yeah, totally. Yeah, he's and like that the voice of reason. Is involved in it. Yeah, I think. I mean, his brother is a fucking idiot, and he got he gets exactly what he oh, deserves. Oh, his brother's in the awful, end. but. Um, but that lead his guy. Bro- go ahead. No, I was just gonna say his brother has fallen in with Western culture. Yes. Okay. The older brother, okay. the older brother has not. Well, he, he what's his mantra? Like I'm Nigerian. I'm Nigerian. Yeah, like, and he he reminds them of that. He's like, you remember where we came from? You mm-hmm. remember that we've been through way worse shit than this. This is nothing. Like this is you know. I hope that they don't have regular zombie outbreaks in Nigeria. My heart goes out to you if yeah, that's man. the case. But but holy fuck, no. His name was uh, Adewale. Adewale, yeah. and okay. the younger brother's name was Bola. Yeah. and they're both they're the Marcuti brothers, and then the other uh, gangster guy with with the slick back hair. That's uh, his name's Jose. Jose. He's, I just have him written down in notes as Jose Gangster. And the <laughs> other delight, the other delightful chap we're talking about, uh, the the uh, elderly gentleman. His name is Rene, and Rene is a full blown fucking psychotic, and yeah. he has access to like armor you know an armory and just you know he's he's an ex-military vet he's a military vet and just has kind of been hoping this kind of thing would happen <laughs> you know like stockpiling <laughs> munitions and stuff just kind of ready for the craziest shit he can think of to go down and then when it does he's excited yeah he's fucking elated. <laughs> oh it's yeah th- this is how he wanted it. the yeah this is he loves it and every he- minute of it and he's super racist. He's super racist. Super racist. Super creepy. Yeah. I mean, he's funny, but he's creepy. And he is super racist because, what well, I, I forget, was he a Nam? Was it? Which is weird. Yeah, I think. It's weird to think of, like, somebody that's not an American soldier being a Nam. Or maybe that's just because I'm a fucking stupid Westerner. Or maybe he's older than that. But but he he refers to the zombies as if they're like by a racial epithet that like as if they're Asian, right? So he just like equates yeah. them not even as zombies, just as you know, like basically like Charlie, quote unquote, you know, um, mm-hmm. yeah, which is not the term he uses, but uh, but there's that scene with him and a fucking chain gun that I won't even I'm not even going to spoil, just because for the listeners. You have to witness this yeah, with you your do. own fucking eyes. You really do. And it is just the coolest fucking thing I've seen in a zombie film in a long time. Yeah. And I mean, I've seen a lot of zombie movies since 2009, and this is still very, very high up on my list. I'm glad that we're able to talk about this flick. I was telling Sean, um, you know, when this came out, the small group of buddies that I have that, that you know, were into this kind of stuff had kind of disbanded so i mean i don't really have anybody to, to to talk to about this flick or share this movie with i am so happy that we're here talking about this one and spotlighting it tonight because it definitely fucking deserves it way way underrated zombie flick that yeah. a lot of folks probably have never heard of i never heard of it till you mentioned it i've seen like the poster somewhere but i I mean, it just looked like the cover makes it look like a dime a dozen. It totally, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. As, as our dear Tori would say, the some the thumbnail sucks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, but I, actually, I, it I, doesn't I, suck in this case. You, you think it sucks because, again, 
it's the kind of imagery you see on one of these movies that's not actually in the movie. But then when you get to it, it is actually in the movie. I mean, it's slightly different because it's just one person, but they had to put right. the three on. And it, yeah, we're also so glossing cool. over the um, the woman cop. I love the whole thing where there's like a sequence where she gets separated and one guy's like, she's dead. And then the other guy's, oh, I got to go. With well, you better hope she's got balls. And wow she can kill some motherfuckers she's yeah, really she's good brutal. to quote she is hard fucking core she's yes. hardcore this chick is fucking badass and will fucking waste you at the drop of a fucking yeah she's awesome yeah, yeah I, I i forget her name uh offhand but yeah her character aurora fucking balls to the wall and just as crazy as everybody else you know with all the shit that they have to you know go through and get through in order to survive the uh the, the, just this whole endeavor but yeah. yeah she's one of the most badass fucking characters in the movie she's and she's ruthless <laughs> so yeah. yeah i love her no she's fucking rad she's fucking rad and, and pretty uh, much every character is a badass like i love the fact that before they leave the apartment building of the mobsters or the gangsters when they're like we're gonna have to work together deal with the blah 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 they just, like the one cop is wounded, they just all start snorting coke. Because, like, why the fuck wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't It's like zombie apocalypse. Yeah. I mean, you know, an Aussie-sized line, please. You know? I mean, come on. It, it's funny, because that it reminded me of that scene in Predator 2, where in the beginning of the film, where El, uh, El Scorpio, they all fucking get loaded, and they just mm. get massacred Yeah. <laughs> That's not necessarily what happens here, but uh, no, I just you know, it kind of kind of a nice little nod to that, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, but yeah, fucking great. <laughs> and of course, Renee says something racist, and <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's, uh, Jesus, fucking solid film, solid solid films. I really so hope this, a lot of people go out there and watch this shit. I agree. So this is on Tubi, and yes, I don't like watching Tubi. However. I don't think it's on anything else. And there were like two commercials, so it wasn't a big deal. Um, yeah, Tubi's not too bad with ads. I mean, this is the kind of movie I don't want an ad because it breaks the momentum. However, what you know, whatever the case may be. But the Blu-ray, as Anthony said, is, I mean, there, you know, I immediately text you upon watching this. It was like, please tell me it's available on Blu-ray. You like, let me work some magic. And then you sent me a link to buy a Blu-ray for like, 40 something dollars on eBay and you're like this is probably it man if if it goes it's gone and I was like I was contemplating it's good enough to spend the money but then I'm like you know what and I looked at DVD you can order the DVD on eBay for nine bucks nine ten bucks <laughs> so that's that's the route I'm gonna take uh I've definitely become a blu-ray snob however a lot of the DVDs don't it's not like they look bad so you know I mean I've seen plenty of blu-rays that look just as on par as a dvd so honestly it doesn't it, it, as long as you can get you know the film in its entirety uncut or however you know yeah that's that's all that was important the only reason for that the only reasoning behind that blu-ray was just because all the other blu-rays uh, from various other regions don't come with the english subtitles so unless your french is fucking tip top you're asked out you know what i mean yeah so that that's that the french canadian copy is the only one worldwide that has that that a uh the, the the english subtitles and it's it's also our region so we're able to you know pop it in our our players and it works fine it is a region a but yeah the dvd is out there if you're into digital video discs remember those yeah 
I do. I still got a bunch of them. I don't care. Davids. <laughs> I called them Davids. No, I've actually never called them never called them Davids before just now. But now <laughs> I will only call them Davids. Yes. But this is available on Tubi. Um I mean, yeah, the, who cares about the, the commercials? This is pretty much the only way to watch it. I, I, there might be a place to buy it digitally or something. I don't know. Not. Oh, I there it. isn't. Wow, awesome. Okay, well, there you have it. So, Tubi. I look, if I buy our second TV, I can only stream on it. Okay. So, I do have a collection of, like, digital stuff, too. And it's not available that I could wow. find. That's a glaring oversight on it. There's just certain movies where it's like, how? But yeah. Well, I, and Prime has it to rent only. Usually they have, you know, you can rent it for $3.99 and you can buy it for like $9.99 or something. And it's only a rental, which is weird because it's not new. I didn't realize that or I would have rented it. Shit. I thought I thought I couldn't find. Well, here's the other no, thing. I, you can rent it on Prime. I okay. Because I was looking to see if you could buy it digitally, and it was only a rental. And usually, the only time I see that is if it's new, but it's from 2009, so that's weird. So, okay, so that's good to know. Um, another point to make for the listeners is that there are multiple movies. If you type in the Horde, you're gonna get multiple yes. movies. So you have to type in like La Horde 2009 and I think you'll get it right away. Uh, and if you're listening to this, you'll see the thumbnail on, on whatever platform you're listening to this and you'll know that's the one. So, because I don't know, well, I'm not you, saying the other ones are bad, but they're not, right. whatever they are, they're not this, that's for sure. But if you read the synopsis too, you're just looking for the one that says it takes place in a tenement building. Yeah, there you go. Because I messaged you guys because I looked right. it up on Tubi and got like six different things. Yeah. And I can't vouch for anything else, but this, man. God damn. No. Some, somebody's <laughs> got to put this out in like, this is like, I don't know. I don't I don't know who's, I, it's IFC, but I, like, I don't know. Would they still have the distribution rights after all this time? Like, is this something that like. No idea. It doesn't really seem like it's in a Severin or Vinegar Syndrome wheelhouse. So I, I like, I don't know. I don't feel like there is a company that like, I don't know. There's a, a pocket with 2000s into the 10s where like there, there's a lot of bad stuff, but there's a lot of good stuff, but you have to find it. And really, I think a lot of that stuff, you know, like I think of like, what was that Gator movie we did a couple years ago? Rogue, was that it? Where like, the one in Australia? Yeah, yeah there was another one. Like there was there was no I, I feel like I looked at that. You had to order the I think it was a Dimension Extreme or a something, and it was like it was Dimension yeah, Extreme it put it out. Yeah, it was like 40 or 50 bucks for the fucking DVD because it was never so it's somebody needs to pick up that market. I feel like there'll be a market for that, you know, like get rights to that and put them out on Blu-ray and you know, I have the Blu-ray. <laughs> Yeah, but you had to import. I mean, not that there's anything wrong with that. I also have a region free, but like, I want a, a movie like this should be anybody can just go order this fucking movie wherever you are and put it in your fucking player and play it. You know what I mean? Like, to me, yeah. this is that good. This is as good as any, like, so many, it's better than most of the. You can go on Amazon, type in zombie movie, and you, you'll get a bunch of shit that, like, whatever, and you can order it no problem. And this is, uh, you know, we 
it's difficult. It doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, IFC was very niche at the time, and it was kind of, you know, one of the, uh, I don't want to say hoity-toity, but it was one of, you know, one of those those imprints where they were known for just doing, we only do independent cinema, and we don't deal with, you know, mainstream stuff. So, I don't know. It was uh, one of those things where just, and really, unless you had an ear to the ground, you didn't see this thing coming, and you you just didn't even know it existed. Mm-hmm. And it was so weird when it fucking hit because, like I said, I was I was on track with that shit, ready for it, to, like waiting for it to come out and saying, "Yes, I can't wait to buy this on Blu-ray." Fuck, it's not on Blu-ray. You know, it was just one of the major issues we had with it. But yeah, Alliance put out a handful of those Dimension Extremes in Canada. And again, I went to the local like FYE, which regularly got those things in uh, FYE and like Suncoast Video here in California, which, you know, I think there may be like one or two FYEs left in existence around here. If but they have. Th- yeah, those things would be just jumbled in with with the regular American releases. So I'm like, oh, cool. Rogue, 10 bucks. I'll take that home. Diary of the Dead. Cool. I'll take that home. You know, just there were a handful of them like that, that I can, I can grab uh, readily. And I was glad I did when, when I did, because, you know, those, those films are just fucking amazing in general. Rogue is one of those like beautiful picturesque films. Gorgeous. But uh, we're not here to talk about Rogue. We're here to talk about <laughs> something else that bites your ass off. Fucking zombies. Sean, do you want to take us into the next film? Yes. Uh, I'm pretty sure I spoke briefly about this um, movie because I'm pretty sure it was on my top 10 of, was it 2018? Um, The Night Eats the World. This movie has been on Prime since I watched it the last time. It's still on Prime. It is, I'm so happy I watched this that same night because... This is the exact opposite of La Horde. La Horde is Ozzy-sized line, lock and loaded, Quinn Tarantino guns, balls of the wall. And this is the George Romero, Dawn of the Dead, quiet, sad, contemplative zombie apocalypse perspective. And I watched it in 2018. I really, really liked it. I watched it Saturday after La Horde, and I really, really, really liked it. And uh, I got, tell me what you think, Missy. What did you think of this movie? I loved it. I, I absolutely loved this one. Um, I had never heard of it until you guys just watched it. Just brought it up the other day. I don't, I don't remember you. I mean saying this was like one of your best movies is usually i try to watch that stuff when we talk i could about be it. wrong but i'm pretty sure i know i brought it up i'm pretty sure it was in, it was in my top 10 could be wrong okay i had never heard of it um i so i just i just watched this one and the other movie we're going to talk about like right before we recorded um because i was off today i watched uh the night that eats the world first um the opening sequence of that movie scares the shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> For totally different reasons, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I guess so. But um, because it, the movie starts out, you don't know what's going on. You Just this regular looking guy 
is going, he goes to his ex's apartment to pick up his stuff. And she's having this big, huge party that he gets pulled into. And it feels, it, it made me feel like I was trapped at a party. <laughs> it's what it made me feel like. <laughs> uh, it, because he's uncomfortable. And the way the, the camera is moving, you're just crowded in by all these people. And it's not zombies, it's just people. And it's, it's loud. And you can feel how uncomfortable he is. So it sets that whole tone. Um, and then, shit happens he ends up falling asleep and then he wakes up and the whole world the world has ended the the <laughs> zombie apocalypse has happened while he was asleep um which was also a little abrupt but i was fine with it this gave me heavy uh 28 days later vibes and that's one of my favorite movies um it really only focuses on this one character but he's very relatable and likable. Mm-hmm. Um, even so, he gets trapped in this tenement building, and you know, you're—it's very quiet. You're just kind of following him around as he kind of figures out how he's going to survive. But there's a couple scenes. He—you find out early on he's a magician, uh, musician. So he makes this music. Like, I love the music scenes. He makes this music out of the things he finds in the buildings and his environment and it it makes him feel like a real person like it makes him really relatable um i don't know i re- i really 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 like this and like the first half of the movie you don't see much of the zombies like mm-hmm. everything seems insinuated but you get these awesome scenescapes like when he wakes up from being asleep and comes out into the you know the main room where the party was and the room's just everything's trashed and there's blood everywhere everything's broken he looks out the window there's like crash cars and but you don't see the zombies yet it just all looks empty and the first half of the movie feels kind of desolate and then you start you start getting some zombie action um and when they are on the screen, they're very effective and the, you know, the violence and gore and everything is good. Um, but I think the leading actor just, he makes the movie. Um, one of my other favorite things is he just, he keeps this, this zombie as a pet, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Al- Albert? Alfred. 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 The, this old man who's trapped in the elevator and like doesn't have any teeth and it doesn't make any noises he just he talks to it. he talks to it all the time <laughs> and this zombie is just like reaching through the elevator grate trying to grab and bite him and he's like having a therapy session with the zombie just i don't know it's it felt real really realistic in a relatable way when it did have action, it was really good, and I thought it packed a hell of a punch. It honestly, out of the three movies we just watched, this is the one I liked the best, and I thought the horde was fucking awesome. But I like this a little bit better. Anthony, and before you Yo. continue, I, I just want to say something, and I'll, there's a certain I scene. Love you too. There's a certain scene I don't want to talk about. I, I want to leave for the listeners to find on their own. And it involves 
a potential companion. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, actually, I don't want. Wait, let's not spoil. One? Yeah, let's not spoil <laughs> anything on either one. Because okay. this, this movie, like it, you suffer some fucking heartbreak with this shit. But Anthony, what do you think of the okay. Night of the World? So I thought that I'd seen this before, and I started, you know, kind of. But I, I was watching it as it was unfolding, and it just seemed so familiar. Back in around 2005, when I was blogging a lot, I had a I had a run of short stories that I was putting online called Flies, and uh, the significance of the flies is that you could never hear them coming, but you could constantly hear the you know when they're they're the zombies were you know teeming with flies buzzing all over them. Oh, that's awesome. Anyway, uh, but anyway, yeah, uh, that's, that's but that's something different. Yeah, thank you guys. But um, the one of the, one of the uh, the characters that I. Uh, continued on with uh, weekly was a guy that was living in uh, who had barricaded himself into an apartment building and this was his life you know getting down and getting the keys and going in room by room and unfolding you know what's in this place and how can I survive how long can I survive how do I defeat boredom how do how do I deal with you know being alone and this character, it just, you know, it was, they were, you know, neck and neck with it, as far as, you know, things I'd written and things that I, I was seeing on screen. Oh, and wow. I just found myself smiling so many times during this movie. And and don't get me wrong, it this movie, like, like you said, Sean, is heartbreaking. And there's a lot of fucking gore. The practical effects that are in here are outstanding. In fact, I think I maybe only saw one CG bit and it's not even that bad the way they set it up. But all the other practical effects that you see in this movie, outstanding. Because they do show you some shit up close. And there's one one scene where there's a zombie trying to reach through um, steel bars, trying to get him from outside. That just it's it's fucking icky. Yeah. Very very grotesque. Very very grotesque. And uh, I gotta say, um, it's just it's so well acted. I love the music that the guy makes because it's made of things that are so simple. It's simplistic. And it reminds me of like something that I used to do with my brother when we were, when we were kids, we used to have a little task camp four track recorder and we would just, you know, bang shit together and make, you know, con loops and add dumb stuff. And that I, this is the kind of stuff I used to do. And it, I just, the character's so relatable, which made it, which made the character easy to write when I was doing the stories. Mm -hmm. And no, it just spoke to me on a, a, a very personal level. And, you know, when, when the action heats up, it's, it's, it's raw, it's intense and it's emotion filled. And I mean, it's, it's fucking outstanding. It, it was really good. I, I, and it, I, again, I thought I'd seen it. I hadn't seen it. So the other night when I did sit down, I think Saturday evening, it was the first time viewing really glad that i i took the time on it i'd seen the thumbnail for a million years on streaming services and just never bothered with it i'd always heard good things about it i just never got around to it mm -hmm. and uh when we discussed doing the horde i was like okay cool sean said he was following following it up with this one i was like maybe now it's time i'm so glad i did because i mean it's just a fucking great movie in fact i found out that it's on blu-ray only it's in germany but guess who has one coming to his house in a couple of weeks? <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, yeah, definitely thank you for the recommendation. It is a solid, solid flick. And again, this one is on Tubi. 
and it's on Prime. It's on Prime. So the, yeah, it's it's on both. I, I yeah, because I started it. I think I started it on Tubi, and then ended up moving over. It was that or the other one I was talking about. But I think I think it was on there also. But accessible, you know, it's out there, and it is fucking great. And again, you know, as far as uh, character development and just the the things this guy goes through. It's it's like what any of us would go through if we were stuck in this situation, and you know you have to make decisions on you know how am I going to eat tomorrow, or is this place safe for me anymore? How do I go about this? And you know you end up pondering those questions like would I even survive this shit? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, definitely a great movie, great great movie. That's all I got to say about it. It's fucking awesome. The lead is Anders Danielson Lie, and the only other thing I've seen him in. I mean, he is outstanding. He is out fucking standing. Only other thing I've seen him in is Personal Shopper with uh, Kirsten Stewart, Kristen Stewart, whatever. And I know I like, I really liked that movie, but I don't remember anything. So it's been one that I've earmarked a couple months ago to, to rewatch. Um, interesting uh, fact: the guy that plays Alfred, the elderly zombie, <laughs> Dennis Levant, was born in 1981. Makes me feel old. <laughs> um, what? Yeah. Um, he looks decrepit. <laughs> yeah. And it must be makeup. The director is Dominique Rocher. Yes. And for a minute, that's huh? the same last name as the co director of the last movie. So I was Tell like, me they're related. I don't know. But for a minute, I was like, wait, is that? I just recognized the last name. I'm like, this can't be the same guy that would be fucking nuts. But no, <laughs> um, it does not look like that is the case. But uh, I'm not familiar with anything else that Dominique Rocher has done. Uh, Lacord is a miniseries from 2021. He did three episodes. Um, looked like this might be his only feature, but goddamn, man, Dominique Rocher, do something else. This somebody give this guy money to just make whatever he <laughs> wants. I just, I, I really like this movie, and it, and also, the main character is so relatable because he's also just such a good person like there's so many instances where he could do something shitty or just take the easy way out and like and he never does and he never does he'll catch himself if he's about to and be like no um just, man i i just this is another movie i just feel like people need to see more people need to see this movie i just think there's so many zombie movies out there that are kind of very easily identifiable as zombie movies. And so they kind of carry the brand and they're mm-hmm. crap. And then you get movies like what we're talking about tonight. And it's like, these are like, it's a feast. Uh, just r- really, really good movie. Very, very Dawn. If you like Dawn of the Dead, I feel like you'll like this because it's, it's it just, you know, the thing about Dawn of the Dead that I always loved is, okay, we get situated, right? Okay, we got, well, look at all the stuff we got. Cool, we're good. Oh, wait, what next? Oh, I don't know. Okay, is this it? Like, that's exactly, this. there's an element of, a big element of that in this movie, but it's done in a different way. It's not It's not a rehash. So, yeah. Night Eats, The Night Eats the World on Prime or Tubi. Very good movie. What about our third? 
No, always keeping it here the underground. IFC released this film in 2015, uh, a Danish film called What We Become, uh, written and directed by Bo Mikkelsen. Michelson. This flick came out through IFC. Um, another another film that at that time it was odd because Shout Factory was distributing these these movies. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I think like Pie Wacket was also an IFC film that was released uh, under the the Scream banner. And uh, yeah, there's there's a handful of those flicks floating around. This was one of them, and I remember catching a trailer. And same thing. I was like, okay, cool. I've got a traditional zombie film, a la you know, Night of the Living Dead, set in suburban, suburban uh, Denmark of all places. Okay, let's see where this goes. And you know, I, I waited it out. Uh, I managed to you know get a rental at some point. And wow, actually, I I, I take that back. I um, uh, it was my first year of doing uh uh 31 nights of horror for the month of october <laughs> i remember i got online i had one of those 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 you know doodads where you can watch whatever you want and that was on there so i i i already known about the film i was like let me let me stream it over here don't arrest me but anyway yeah uh this is actually one i haven't added to my collection yet so at some point i would like to add this it is available on blu-ray and dvd um anyway this again this is a traditional zombie film set in the suburbs and it's a bit of a slow burn this one doesn't um you know hit the ground running or anything like that it's this is the traditional you hear the the broadcast on the radio you start to see the things on the news you start to hear that this is going on in larger cities that it hasn't come out to you know the burbs yet but it is making its way there and eventually you know like the the city is shut down by uh, you know military control and there's blockades going up and just basically the nightmare of being trapped in like one of the larger cities has now come to your home and they're barricading people in their houses and they still don't know what's going on all they're hearing is that there's a virus out there you're not sure what it does so the zombie aspect of it is something that gets introduced almost midway through the film and then you 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 kind of see the uh, the paranoia start happening with people. Uh, there's a couple you know in the film that kind of turn on each other. Well, one of them turns on the other just because of again paranoia and fear. And you start to see those dynamics take hold of you know a, a particular family that they're focused on in the in the movie. And it's 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 got a charm to it that is. Uh, wholesome but ultimately is also tragic because you know where this is heading when you watch it it's very grim especially by the end of the film there's there's no happy ending here um there's there's it's just uh, again just as you know dark a reality as say anything in the romero verse you're gonna see you know it's a fight for survival by the end of it and it is very fucking rough and it's skin of your teeth, you know, but for some of these folks and it is, it, it gets brutal. And when it does get brutal, it's, it's very fucking intense. Uh, the acting on it is a little, I want to say almost like uh soap opera. That's just my opinion, but I don't think that takes away from the storytelling in general, because I still like where it's going. And 
again, it's it's just something I'm accustomed to, especially being a you know huge Romero fan. Uh, but I I really dug the hell out of this one, and it's another one you just don't hear about too often. I don't have really any bad things to say about it, other than like stupid kids because stupid kids find a way to ruin fucking everything in a zombie flick, i.e., like the Dawn of the Dead remake. Fucking what was the dog's name? Patches. Nilos, Nilos, has anyone seen Nilos? Nilos, they ate that rabbit. Oh my god, dude. Okay, so so you got because that scene where she's like, anyone see the? Oh, he I'm like, they're fucking eating them. Come on. Because the first thing that scene starts, and I'm like, I thought they were rationing food. They got a big pot of stew, and I was like, oh, I see, I see what's happening here. Ah. But yeah, there's there's some there's some wild shit that happens in here, and there's some um, some great set pieces that were done fairly low budget because you can tell how they kind of set up yeah. you know, certain areas and and mm-hmm. you know it, it's it's pretty impressive what you can do by just kind of throwing trash all over the floor. <laughs> and it, it, it just becomes a. I'm gonna try that I mean, now. Yeah, Hold on. Yeah, it's not even dirty. It's just like okay, well, we've got you know a bin of paper, and here's some here's some uh, some plastic wrap. Let's throw that on the floor, and this and that, and and you know add, add some wind, and it looks post apocalyptic, and it's it's effective. So I mean, th- those types of things that they did with it, I I admire because obviously you know that takes me back to the Halloween lore, you know, reusing painted leaves and breaking them up and reusing them. So just you know that kind of DIY aspect that went into it, I really appreciated. And the storytelling is awesome. Uh, again, when they do get into uh, the gore, the practical effects in it are pretty damn good too. Uh, they don't spend too much on it, though. I mean, there are kills, obviously, but it's not—it's not like the other two films where you're you're really really getting a lot of the over-the-top gore. Um, in fact, Night of the Living Dead is probably a little bit gorier than this film, but it's more more about the storytelling. Of of you know what what's going on with this you know family's fight for survival, and uh, I think that is is meant to shine through over you know everything else, and and in that regard, it, it just it makes it a fucking awesome flick, and yeah. it's one of those ones that I really hope people will will take the time to check out, and I'm sure you know all the all the Scream Factory stands out there are like oh yeah I saw it. Already. But there's a lot of folks out there that have never even heard of it. Again, it, it's a Danish zombie film. There's not a lot of them out there, but this yeah. one is, is pretty outstanding. So definitely recommend for me. I thought it was a pretty good one. Um, it it took a little while to to get into it, but it definitely sets a really unsettling tone, um, especially. I don't think it would have hit as hard had we not had the pandemic a few years ago. But I mean, I definitely like I found myself looking it up. Wait, is this an is this a new movie? No, it's 2015, and it reflected a lot of what was going on during the pandemic, um, which made it feel more realistic and creepy. And it just it ha- it has this gloom to it. And like um, this really uncomfortable closed-in feeling once they get sealed in the house and they're they're stuck they're in the house with the with their family. Um, I don't know. It's not it's not a bad movie. 
I didn't, I loved the other two. This one, not as much, but it's, it held my attention and it definitely made me uncomfortable. Um, and I thought that it had, it had some interesting points. Like, um, there's a scene with the, the son, Gustav, talking to his father. Um, he, he sneaks out because they've been sealed in their house by the military and he sneaks out um, to see what's going on and, you know, sees soldiers dragging people out of their house in black bags and, you know, all this fucked up shit. And the father is just like, well, why would you, why would you do that? You know, they tell us every, you know, you just have to stay inside. And he wants to believe, the father wants to believe everything that the military and the government, the news is telling them. And um, obviously the son knows that's not true because he's he's just seen it. So I thought that was, I liked that, that interaction. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, that's a good scene. Because that definitely... um... I feel like that definitely sets up the kind of like the new world or the new perspective versus the old where like people want to still believe older people want to still believe that like, Oh, your government's looking out for you, you know? And it's like, no, no right. And we know that's not true. No, they're not. They're not looking out for you. And no, they're not, you know, just that, but also they've set up with the father already that he just kind of, even in the face of this, he's just going to be the guy that's like, no, we have to do what they say. And, you know, and it ultimately like he kind of kind of redeems himself. Actually, he totally does. Because um, he makes a choice at the end. He doesn't actually get to carry it out, but he's the one that's like, no, we have to do this. And then, the you know, another family member is like the another family member is like, absolutely not. He's like no, we have to do this. And that was surprising coming from that character. So he had a real arc. He had development. Uh, I, it, it would definitely be the least, uh, like, no, I don't want, that's the wrong way to say it, but. Um, it's not a bad movie. It's, and, it, this is like a worse. solid three-star movie, whereas the mm-hmm. other two are like probably five Yeah. Um, for different reasons. Like, Night, The Night mm-hmm. Eats the World is a better movie than the horde but the horde is just like let me punch you in the face until you don't feel it anymore how's it you know right yeah they're both great for really different reasons for really different reasons but i really did like this and i also felt like the it is so steeped in the family and like these social interactions in the suburbs and mm-hmm. and the suburban kind of minutiae and it's effective doing that but so i i kind of was lulled into this like okay and then the third act really punches it up, and I wasn't really prepared for that, so I liked that as well. Like I liked the fact that they kind okay. of like lulled me into a, a sense of complacency, and then you know set okay, things that, on fire. Didn't do that for. I mean, it didn't lull me into. Actually, this movie made me extremely, extremely, extremely anxious. Be you know, starting with the. Um, with them being sealed in and all this stuff with the government, but then being sealed in with the family. And then these other people start, uh, other people from the story start drifting in. And now you're in this closed in space with your family and all these neighbors. And like it, no, if there's a zombie apocalypse, I'm much more likely to be Sam from the other movie. Find a place where there aren't people. Yeah. (laughs) 
and you'll be better off. Although all Sam wants to do is find other people, you know, which is interesting. That's one of the, I, I love that about Night Eats the World. Um, mm-hmm. But, but yeah. this one, it it plays on, it makes you feel really fucking trapped. It does. It's very good job. Well, anytime you got a movie where they drop giant, basically black garbage bags over over your home. <laughs> I'm thinking of like Wreck. I forget if it's Wreck 1 or 2 where they basically like fucking cover the shit, you know, with the plastic. Like, that's... I, think it's, I thought they did that in the first one. I don't think I've seen any of the other ones, only the first. Okay, so that's the first one. Um... Yeah, because there's that bit where they try and look outside, and then they, they realize that's when they first realize there's snipers up. Yeah, at the yeah, yeah. They start, they okay. start shooting at the windows. I mean, one and two are essentially the same movie. You know, it's like yeah. it, it, there is no like like uh, like Halloween one and two, where it's like literally like it literally two picks up exactly where one ends with no time lapse, if I remember correctly. So, you know. Um, yeah, I, I dug this. I watched it on Tubi. The ads in this one didn't bother. I, I just fucking hate advertising. It only had like two ads. Like yeah, it wasn't that bad. It still just sucks. Um, the uh, Oh, man. Uh, never mind. I had another point that's gone. Maybe it'll come back. Maybe not. Who cares? Solid flick, though. Agreed. And it is available for y'all if you want to consume it or let it consume you. There you go. Definitely uh, definitely give a watch. So, Anthony, you've got one more that you watched that we, that we didn't. What What's that? This is called The Returned uh, from 2013, directed by uh, Manuel Carballo, I believe was his name. He's a Spanish director. And this is, uh, I, I remember catching this one on Netflix, probably 2014 or so, um, 2014, 2015, around that time, one of those things where I got home early afternoon, didn't have anything to watch. I'm like, oh, this thumbnail looked kind of interesting. I'll check it out. And um, ended up being quite surprised at what it is. It is a zombie film. And it is not a zombie film. It is about folks that have been essentially given a protein and given it within the first 36 hours of being infected by, you know, a zombie bitten or what have you. And it's able to reverse the effects. Um, But out of all this stuff that had happened, um, the people that are, quote unquote, the returned, you know, you have to carry a special ID around that, you know, that, that allows you access to this medication that you have to inject daily. And the, the plot of the film basically is that there's, there's about to be a shortage of it and it's about to go away. So now there's all this fear and panic in the streets about another zombie outbreak coming because there isn't um, enough of the medication to go around. And the synthetic medication that they've made isn't working. And so now there's all this fear. And little by little, um, you know, the the local government starts to step in and basically come knocking at your door and say, oh, is uh, so-and-so home? You know, and it just it starts to go from there. And it, you know, becomes a much bigger story about how 
how bad we get as people when we get desperate. And you maybe see two or three zombies in the entire film. And uh, the main one of the main characters is actually played by uh, Chris Holden Reed. Some people might know him from uh, Underworld Awakening. He was like the huge fucking lichen that they would inject with all this shit and become this big monster, like big monster lichen. That's what I remember him from anyway. But uh, he's the lead. He's a music teacher, but he just happened to be a guy that got bit. And, you know, they saved him. And there's there's another aspect to it. And it's about um, anti-return groups that are basically like militia groups that are, you know, against people coming back and are. Anyway, it just adds another dynamic to the film that I won't spoil because it is it's uh, pretty heartbreaking what 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 goes on in this flick. It's very it's a it's a downer right off the bat. It's very sad, but it is definitely worth worth a watch you know as a as an unconventional non-conventional zombie film it is a um it is a very human film and will definitely have you running the gamut of emotions and it's uh it's it's a it's tough as far as you know you know watching these characters go through what they go through but i'll be damned uh if I don't say that it's a good flick and it is. And like I said, I saw this several years ago and wanted to give this one another watch. Glad I did. And I highly recommend it. I don't know if it's on Netflix anymore. Uh, this one, however, is on prime and is also on Tubi. So it's again, accessible for those that do want to check it out. I recommend it, but yeah, that was the fourth zombie film that I watched. Nice. I'd never heard of this one before uh, before you mentioned me it to either. me the other day. And so this is this is actually stateside? Uh I believe it's Canada. This is Canada, joint, it is. Yeah. yeah. I think it's 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 joint between Spain and Canada, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, but I think the majority of it was filmed in Canada. And I think the actors and actresses are also Canadian. They don't have flapping heads like on that cartoon, <laughs> I notice. Oh, man. I awesome. apologize to all Canadians right no. now. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I think I think they would. Well, now it's probably good that you apologize. But no, that that's funny. That's the second time tonight that South Park, the movie, came up in a in a way <laughs> that made me want to watch it again. Um Wow. So okay. So I I feel like the takeaway for listeners this episode. I'm you know I am. I just think it's an overdone. I mean, and there's I know I like more zombie movies than what I led with, right? With you know the four or five that I mentioned at the start. Uh, but there, the ratio of the you know the number of zombie movies that exist and, and you can find on any streaming service or wherever to what is actually worth watching i feel like it's top heavy in favor of not worth watching i i feel the way i feel about zombie movies how i feel about ipas where like at some <laughs> point ipa just became like the the craft beer explosion buzzword and so if you're an up-and-coming brewery you had to make an ipa and the only way to distinguish your ipa was to just 
put more hops in it so that at some point I'm drinking shit 10 years ago. I'm like, I've had two sips of this beer and I have no water in my body left. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? And I kind of feel that with zombie movies, especially in that, like, we're talking about this dimension extreme, the aughts, the tens, like, it just, there. so that's still where, where movies were making, you could have a movie that opened at theaters and didn't do well and hit home video and you made a lot of money. And so, you know, that, that was a viable option an afterlife, if you will, for a film. And and also just direct to DVD. There's so many movies I saw in the in the early 2000s were direct to DVD and they were all fucking mm-hmm. fantastic, right? Not all, but I mean all the ones I'm thinking of. But there were a lot of good ones. A lot of good ones. And and then at some point, you know, now it's like you gotta beg to get a fucking DVD. You know, half the time, remember all the like the lavish cases? I mean, obviously like Severin and and so many companies still do that, but it's it's niche. And like if you go get well, I feel like Underwater was like a you know, when I, I bought mm-hmm. that on Blu-ray and it's like a disc. There's not even like there's no not even a placard inside with like an ad for something. It's just like here's your <laughs> fucking disc, Luddite. Fuck you. We're lucky we even got it at that point. You know, Disney had taken over Fox Studios yeah. and they weren't even gonna release that movie. It had already been shelved for three years by that point. Yeah. I mean, it, it was one of those. You that's know, we're a concern. Lucky we even got him. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, and look yeah, what Disney awesome. did with the fucking Barbarian. Look what yeah, they did right. with the Barbarian. Right. That nope. may never see the fucking light of day. We don't know. Still, and it, you know, that it's just, I don't know. It's been something that's been on my mind a lot recently. You know, not having Netflix right now. And I've, I've said I'm not going to go back to, I'm not watching any streaming shows or any new content. I, I, I movies on Shutter, but like, you know, there's a res- reservation dogs, and it's nothing against those shows, the creators, but I'm trying to my one voice against you know millions. Like, I just I don't want to stream that stuff till the strike's over because I feel strongly about it, and I feel like these companies need to you know get kicked in the nuts a little bit. Not that me not streaming Netflix, they're like whatever, but but Netflix is I feel like they they bother me for a, a bunch of reasons, and um. I said, okay, well, after the strike, when Stranger Things comes back, I'll get it. Now they just dropped it. I, I'm not going to watch it, but the the last Mike Flanagan, you know, production for Netflix, the uh, Fall of the House of Usher, I really want to see that. It opens on the 12th of October, or opens. It drops on the 12th. I thought it was the 6th. Maybe. I thought, I, I'm pretty sure I read the 12th, but it might be the 6th. It opens, so it drops yeah. early October. And uh, I'm like, okay, may, so maybe, but the, the th- so the point being, other than Stranger Things and a few one-offs, they don't release their stuff because they, Netflix is like, if you want to watch a Netflix production, sign up for Netflix, bitch. Because if you think about it, they make more money if you sign up. Because Netflix now is, t- to get it non-commercials, it's $20, it's $19.99. So if you sign up for one month, it's the same price as usually a DVD or may, you know close to it. So they're going to make more money to have you as a stream, and, they, and they're banking on the fact that once you subscribe, you'll stay for at least a couple months. And we we lose as consumers, as movie lovers, we lose. I can't get brand new cherry flavor. That sucks. So something is killing the children is now in fucking development hell right now. The result, I think, from the strike and all that. I don't. Well, so that'll pick back up for sure. Out. 
for sure that'll pick i mean so there will be all the delays right there will be a lot of delays there'll be like two years i think the last projected thing i read which was anecdotal but like you know you're going to see this for like two years which you kind of saw it with coming out of covid but at the same time Uh i mean i don't know that i felt that it it was i don't know uh but yeah there's going to be certain things you know everybody's i was reading something about like the marvel movie adjustment schedule where it's like all that stuff like this 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 now it's all being steadily pushed back i don't give a fuck about their uh, schedule i don't even care yeah yeah i, I, I don't either i haven't either. i haven't watched anything there's since no, the rainy no x-men i don't give a shit yeah there's no x-men i don't give a fuck but but po- i mean point being it's just it's affecting you know and it's just it, i don't know anyway whatever so we hope listeners that you will check these movies out. I think maybe, maybe in this order. I feel like you want to have a killer double header. Yeah. La Horde and Night Eats. I the mean, World. unless you want to watch the Horde last. Yeah, that could work too. Um I'm of the opinion when you do like a double feature or something, you should show the slower movie first. And then I, I usually am too, but I gotta tell you, had I not watched Night Eat the World, I don't know that I would have slept after watching the Horde because I just wanted to like go out and start like I don't know. It just it just made me want to fucking like light shit up. I it was really, it really <laughs> okay. just it just jacked me up, man. And uh the Night Eat the World was a nice way to kind of come down. So it's like a, a cinematic speedball, if you will. <laughs> not a, in no way endorsing that. Um but yeah, so I feel like these are all great entries in the zombie pantheon, and we hope that you check them out. If you do, hit us up on social media and let us know. Say, hey, you know what? This movie rocked, or hey, you know what? Fuck you. Well, maybe don't do that. You know, if we're having a sensitive day, it might be bad. <laughs> no, I don't give a fuck. Whatever. I'll just I'll just la hoard your ass if you do that. So for the good zombie movie edition, I'm speaking like Phil Hartman's Frankenstein. Good zombie <laughs> movie. Fire bad. La Horde good. I am La Sean. I'm still just Missy. And I am still arthritic Anthony <laughs> take some of that that Advil arthritis I'm gonna go tiger ball my whole body up right now Advil good arthritis bad
and humanity is the infection. The cure? Murder. From the twisted mind of Sean C. Baker, author of A Collection of Desires, and Shadowplay in Book One, Kim and Jesse, comes his most vicious novel yet, Murder Virus. Available.